something amazing is gonna happen here that wait a minute. What what the hell? What the hell's wrong with that damn tantra? We had a damn blackout! Freak 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 the code, what the hell is this? D King, I don't know what's going on! Who the it's a return! It has to be a return! This thing has been going on for a month now! I cannot break the damn code! It's like that game in Super Mario! My god! What is the code? The code is! Who is the code? Is it Mick Foley? Mrs. Foley's baby boy! Who is it? Stone Cold is the code! Save us! Save us, Austin! Austin, save us! My god! It's The Rock! I can't believe it! Who is it? Who is Goldberg? No! It's... Who is Y2J? Y2J, Eddie Guerrero, Owen Hart, Arn Anderson. It is somebody with Y2J. Who is 10, 29, 30? It's the football. My theme song, 10. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? My God, Stone Cold. Stone Cold is here. He's back with the fireworks. My God, it's Rey Mysterio. Can you smell what Rey Mysterio is cooking? My God, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Let's see. I do not know, King. Bobby Lashley. That's it. I'll be a son of a bitch. Bobby La... Brett Michaels? No. Ken Kennedy? No. It oh, my God, Radio. It's Y2J. 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 By God, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Folks, we are back with the Wrestling with Emotion Clash of Champions Gold Rush Edition. What a time to be alive. Sports are back, but I've never been more focused on championships than I am. The ones up for grabs at this WWE event this weekend. And I'm Maniac, joined by my co-host, McAdoo, the usual suspect, the Talbots over there to the left. But we have some newcomers. First introduction, we got Ernie Green, the commissioner, they call him. I don't know if I've met a more knowledgeable wrestling fan. Top to bottom, EG, welcome to the show. Oh, there's plenty of people more knowledgeable than me. I promise you that. I just happen to know useless trivia, but thank you very much. Most definitely. And a man who needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. A man who, when it comes to the Sabres, knows what's best for business. And that is Dwayne. Dwayne Style. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be on, boys. Excited to be here. Excited for Clash of Champions. Cannot wait to see what's in store for us tomorrow night. I am super pumped. Let's go. That, I mean, sometimes you have expectations and sometimes they get exceeded. <laughs> and that is the case here with Dwayne there. So let's get into it. Clash of Champions, we have the ninth pay-per-view without fans. I mean, I think that was wearing on uh, some of the storylines, some of the performances a little bit for a bit. Now we are in the Thunderdome. It'll be the third pay-per-view in the Thunderdome. But the key thing uh, to me there uh, was that they debuted the Thunderdome, uh, what, a couple days before SummerSlam and then had it at SummerSlam a week later at Payback. Now they've had a bunch more weeks, so you might see a little bit of a up-tempo with the Thunderdome uh, going into this Clash of Champions event, the fourth edition of the Clash of Champions. So I was thinking back. I wasn't sure if this was a historical pay-per-view, but no, it's a rather new one. Um, gentlemen. A lot going on. Let's just get your quick lightning round thoughts. Let's start with Ernie, go to Ryan, go to Dwayne, wrap it around with McAdoo. Thoughts on uh, the overall WWE landscape right now? Improving. Um, I, I think they really hit a rough patch probably, I mean, goodness, probably, I, I would say about a year and a half or so. Ever, I mean, kind of ever since WrestleMania to the Superdome, if you, you want to be honest. Um, I thought they kind of made a little dissension, but I think 
with the way things are going right now, it might not show in the ratings and whatnot, but I think that everything that's going on, they've been ascending ever since, like, around Somerset. Honestly, ever since, like, the Thunderdome's come about. So I'm really pleased that they're moving upwards as opposed to moving downwards. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think uh, ever since the return of Roman Reigns, believe it or not, I, I think they've been going in the right direction, especially on Friday nights. Uh, I, I like that new relationship there with Heyman and then how he's coming out. It, it's perfect for his character. It's exactly what he needed there. Uh, you know, maybe on Raw, maybe it's still kind of status quo there. Uh, you finally get the reveal of Retribution and you get some really uh, unique names, Slapjack and, and whatnot. So, you know, I'm not so sure about that program as much anymore. Uh, it, it's still probably about where I where I said it's been the last few months, but SmackDown, I think, has been really good as of late. I love the idea that when you get a WWE contract a la The Big Show about six to seven years ago, and in Retribution in this case, they're ironclad. Like, there's no buyouts. There's no, you know, takebacks. Once you got a contract, you're locked in. Dueno, thoughts on the WWE as we roll into COC? Well, you know, uh, Ryan hit the nail on the head. Uh, one of the things I miss most about, like, you know, obviously, you know, I grew up through the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era. But one of the things I miss most was that shock and awe, like, you know, and that was more, pre, you know, pre-social media where now, you, now everything's kind of leaked. Uh, so when Roman Reigns came back, nobody saw that coming. It was a real shock and awe moment, which made it so cool. Uh, I've been dying. And I've actually, I've been calling for a Heyman-Roman Reigns collaboration for at least two or three years now because I thought it was best for business. So I'm really happy to see them finally, you know, grab that bull by the horns and go with it. Um, I think, I think, I think they can take it, you know, as long as they don't screw it up. I mean, I think they can go really far, um, you know. So it, it, it's, as far as the state of the company, um, I think it's progressively gotten better with the Thunderdome. Um, you know, the first, at first you saw only so many screens with fans on it, and now it just seems to get be, be getting more and more. Um, I thought I thought they hit that one out of the park. So um, I like the direction the company is going with Retribution. I've been a very much on the fence with that. Um, I've always been a big faction guy. I love factions. Um, I don't know about this. I think the best way to go about this is have there actually be a face with it, like an actual face, not just a bunch of new guys. You know, um, personally, you know, to at least, I, I don't know. Yeah, you got Bane in there, apparently. Uh, I don't care what I was saying. I Bane. think every so Bane. often Vince McMahon just takes in pop culture and he's like, how are we yeah. going to use that? And he just watched Jordan Rises. When he did uh, Alexa snapping her finger at uh, WrestleMania, like he clearly had yeah. just seen Avengers, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I, get, I get it. I, I get it. I mean, but I, like, I, like I said, I think the best way to go with this is to bring a premium face to Retribution, to have them be the leader surrounded by these bunch of guys who feel they're like they, they're, they've been outcasts. That's just my opinion on the whole matter. Um, I mean, I don't know what your guys' opinion are, but I like the direction the company's going uh, for sure. I think it's a common theme. Since the Thunderdome came around, things have been getting a little better. Um, McAdoo, thoughts? Yeah, about the retribution thing, I was actually one of the ones who said that. They laid an egg on that with the reveal, I think. And seeing yeah, Mia Yim in there, I feel like they just – they ruined her to a little bit with that. Um, I hate Raw Underground. I've said this since – I think the last time I said it. Raw Underground was has been bad, especially with Braun Strowman and Dabakato last week and – I don't remember who won. I don't even remember who won because Braun, Braun did, but 
I liked Avocado though. I think he has a. I think he might have a future. So do I, but Raw Underground is just not the way to do it. I see if they want to bring some MMA guys, like we were talking about in the chat earlier, through it. Like they want to bring back Ronda Rousey or or um, Cormier, do that. But also with we want to talk about the direction of the company. This is not the time for for good ratings, I should say, because you have Monday Night Football coming back. You have MLB playoffs starting next week. This this is going to be a tough time for the next couple months. Well, would you? Would, but let me interject. I apologize. You're would good. you like? But that's that's something you kind of have to deal with, whether there's COVID or not. I mean, you're gonna have to deal with Monday Night Football, no matter what. That's a mainstay. Um, I actually, I, I'm, I'm not saying I, 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 I'm in love with Law Underground, but I get why they're doing it. You have a lot of faces in that company. Listen, you have a lot, you have a lot of bodies that you have to try and find a way to give some exposure to guys like Dabakato. You gotta, you gotta try and build a character up like that, you know. And Shane McMahon, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm in love with the idea, but you, you, you kind of give it, you kind of give the, the whole show a new look and you can, you can kind kind of interject new people into the fold. Again, like Dabakato and a few of those other, a few of those other guys. Um, and like I said, it was just announced, well, it was leaked that, you know, WWE is in talks with DC, Daniel Cormier. That guy is a lifelong WWE fan. He's never, never been shy to share that. And he's unbelievable on commentary. I, I know I mentioned this in the chat, but if you bring a guy like Daniel Cormier, start him on, say, at, in broadcasting and build his persona up, and then you just have him, like, randomly a premiere on a Raw Underground, and, you're like, let's be real. We all know Brock Lesnar's coming back. He's not going to sign with any company but WWE, AEW, Money, Lying, and Tribe. That, that relationship, the amount of money they've given Brock Lesnar – they're not going to all of a sudden not pay the guy. And especially if you're bringing Daniel Cormier, the fight that we all want to see in the octagon that we've never seen, um, well, you might as well bring it to a WWE, uh, you know, the, the squared circle. And I can't think of any better scenario than to have just DC show up on Raw Underground, start start beating heads in, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, same thing with the like, – same, same deal with what they did with Roman Reigns, shock and awe, just have Brock show up after he signs his contract and come in and give mm-hmm. Cormier a beatdown. That's just that's you know, that's that that you know that's spoiler alert as Paul Heyman would say. That's a spoiler. I can't wait to see the look on Dana White's face when Vince McMahon announces WWE's first octagon match. He will oh, absolutely yeah. be put in a blender on that one. But it's a new look WWE over the last four uh, weeks, like we've been saying. Speaking of a new look, Pazda Electric. If you're looking for commercial or residential electric work. Hit up our friends at Pazda Electric, 716-698-2711. Mention Trainwreck Sports, and you will get something special. From our friends, Pazda Electric, 716-698-2711. My two favorite things right now are that the stakes are feeling a little bit more real with the fact I think some of the work being done by Seth Rollins, crazy or not, you got to love him. I guess, you know, I just love the craziness. Um, Roman Reigns and... The Miz, the Miz and John Morrison, they're they're teaming up. And Ryan, we were talking about it. The Money in the Bank briefcase is one of the most exciting things in WWE. And I mean, listen, Otis had a lot of energy going into it, but it just seems like a situation where the Miz sues him and somehow ends up with it would be best for business. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's maybe the angle that they're going to go with there. Uh, going back to what someone said about putting a face with retribution, maybe that's who you have as your leader as well, the Miz. 
So then Retribution beats down whoever the champion is, and that's how they reveal it with the Miz coming out, cashing in if he has the briefcase in that scenario. And and his whole thing can be that the WWE never gave him that opportunity after his main event run. You know, you can find some kind, something there for them to work with. Um, and as much as I do like Miz and Morrison, I would rather see Morrison go out on a singles run himself. So uh, at least then you could separate them as well and kind of let them go their separate ways uh, in, in that aspect too. Most definitely. And don't forget, obviously, there was that one sequence, what, about four to five weeks ago where Retribution was attacking and the WWE locker room ran out and then Miz ran out about 10 to 15 seconds later. Don't forget. I mean, long-term storytelling. Who would have thought about it out of the WWE? Clash of Champions, though. So, obviously, like we said in the intro, not a uh, prolific WWE pay-per-view. It's only its fourth installment. But I'll just shoot this to anyone uh, who wants to jump in, honestly. Favorite Clash of Champions moment from some of the events that have happened or maybe just the idea itself? Anyone got any thoughts on COC as an event? Does it have to be the WWE version or can we talk about the WCW. NWA version that was kind of forever? Cause my, well, let's do that a little bit. I like yeah. Delvin outside, outside of the McMahon world. So my favorite Clash of Champions moment was early 1990 when Sting got kicked out of the Four Horsemen by Ole Anderson. Um, that was one of the greatest promos of all time. Um, it made, you know, the horsemen were not, should never have been faces. They were, they were faces because, you know, Flair had the feud with Funk and they kind of fell into it. They went back to being heels again. They kicked out Sting, who was the number one baby face. It was about to win the title until he tore, until he hurt his knee actually at that event, trying to climb, jump down the cage. But that event was just amazing. If you watched that promo, it seemed real. Like they don't use a hard camera. It's kind of like, they don't use a hard camera. Like Ole Anderson, they don't attack him at first. He explains why he's getting kicked out um, very professionally, and everything made sense. Um, that's just my, that's my favorite Clash the Champions moment of all time. I, I used to grow up watching those shows on TBS when they would have them, and you know, a lot of the time you would get the time limit draws in the main event and you would have uh, maybe a tag team title belt change hands, the TV title belt, which I, I was always a big fan of uh, change hands, but I just grew up watching those shows. That was always kind of a, it's kind of like those in your house pay-per-views from, from the mid nineties where you, you knew no titles or major titles were going to change hands for the most part, but you're at least going to get some pretty good wrestling matches. Yeah, no I, I agree. I I agree, Ryan. Like those those days were the house shows, the in your house shows. Those were those were fun matches because you know you really got to see you know the talent really exposed. And you know again, you never really saw uh, any major. It's very rare you ever did. I'm gonna keep mine a little bit more recent. Uh, back in 2016, I'm a big Kevin Owens guy. I love Kevin Owens. I love him on the microphone. I think there, he's almost sec, almost second to none. Um, and you go back to possibly one of the greatest gimmicks uh, the WWE has ran in the last decade, the relationship between uh, Owens and Jericho, all culminating with the, fr- uh, the Festival of Friendship. Um, but that match between him and Rollins at Clash of Champions, it was a great match. But the one thing that really like, stood out to me was just, you know, Owens being a goof half the time, you know, just, just the rhetoric he was using, you know, the antics he was pulling during the match at the ref, at Owens, stuff he was yelling, you know, yelling, are you okay, when he, when he, when he threw him out of the ring. And then just obviously doing the DX suck it a couple times uh, before putting him through the table. I, 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 and then uh, all culminating with the next night on Raw on the highlight reel where, you know, um, it really started the uh, burn it down era 
for uh, Seth Rollins. Um, you know, just it's just the antics between the, the, that was a very good build. You know, that that rivalry between Rollins and uh, Owens. They had a lot of great matches together, but that one in particular really stood out to me. Yeah, for me, there's not really a lot of Clash of Champions memories that really stick out to me, uh, honestly. Um, or Night of Champions, I'll even add that because it's this is just a variation of Clash of Champions. It's just a variation of uh, Night of Champions. But yep. this is the, where I want to point out, I, I've never seen a WCW Clash of Champions. I, I, I'm a little younger on that age, but... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, back in the day, all my friends were watching WCW, but I was watching WWE, like, and that was probably right at the end of the 82-week uh, run or whatever it was when Bischoff and WCW were on top, the turn of the tide in the Monday Night War. And real quick, speaking of the Monday Night War, this was an era when you had, you know, Crash Holly hitting someone over the head with a trash can and then pinning them to win the Hardcore Championship. This was an era where you had William Regal coming out as a distinguished wrestler, showing pride in that European championship. I mean, speaking of Clash of Champions, before we get into the matches here, um, just wondering if you guys were Vincent Kennedy McMahon or, you know, Paul Levesque, someone with the power to do so, and could change the championship landscape, you know, eliminating titles, bringing a title back. Uh, what would you do and why? Let's start with uh, Ernie, and we'll go around the uh, around the horn. I would just make the I would just make the champions more solid and more long term. To be honest with you, um, it's just and then profile and then profile the Intercontinental Champion and the U.S. Championship more. Um, back in the day, of course, it was easier because it was a run. Back in the day, you'd watch like the syndicated shows, but the house shows were the ones that you were there. You know, back in the day, you were they were trying to get you to go to house shows, like a, a show, B show, C show. So every one of them had a title that they were going to profile on there. So it was much easier. So just to profile a big, make the championship seem more more important, especially the Intercontinental and the U.S. titles. Although we're going to talk about the the, um, the U.S. title is going to be, um, I'm not sorry, Intercontinental title, which is going to be huge this weekend on the uh, on the pay per view. So this week is pretty good. But just in general, make the champions seem way more important than what they are right now. I'll go TV title. I mentioned that in the Clash of the Champions. Um, that was big in WCW. You know, I always – and I'm sure there's a lot of guys that had a lot of runs with it, but I always think of Arn Anderson with that belt. Uh, Anderson was that guy that was a great heel, great technician in the ring, uh, and, and he brought some prestige to that belt. So I, I really like that. Uh, you could see that title belt change hands, obviously, hence the name TV title. So that one growing up, I really liked. And, and as we said earlier, there's so many wrestlers on these shows right now that it would be okay to have a, a lower tier belt like that, where then they could have sent up another, uh, you know, the next rung after that. That would have been good for a guy like Apollo Crews before this, you know, most recent reign where he was kind of uh, going around in that nothingness for so many years. So I feel like there could be a belt for some of those lower guys that could defend every week that maybe you don't need them on the pay-per-view. Uh, but kind of get them into that mix and get them on, get them their TV time. Mm -hmm. I can't agree with you more, Ryan. Um, I'm a big proponent of more titles. Uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, hands down, was always Chris Jericho. He really built his persona and his character up because of the cruiserweight title back in WCW. Back when, you know, you know, guys like Bischoff and Man, they weren't really big on guys of his size. They were, they were about bigger guys. Your Kevin Nash's, your Hogan's. You know, your Macho Man Randy's, you know, the, the big guys. 
So, you know, they were kind of left on their own uh, to fend for themselves. And having a belt like the Cruiserweight Championship really helped build his character. And eventually, you know, he was able to make that transition when he left WCW or WWE. People knew who he was. Um, so I am, I am in total favor of a TV title or maybe even bringing the European Championship back or, you know, featuring the North American Championship in EC, you know, in, uh, in uh, NXT, you know, make that a premier title. And you know, I, I like that idea. What, one, one of the things it really, really bugs me, though, as far as titles go, it's just the way they use the 24-7 title, I think it's just getting kind of old and very played out. Um, I get that it's supposed to mimic the hardcore championship. You know, you have to defend it no matter where you are. But I just I, – I, the antics, the promos, I don't mind them half the sometimes, but, like, it's getting, it's getting to be really stale. And I understand that, you know, this is – at the end of the day, this is a business, and they're, they're making this more kid-friendly. But just make it that if you're going to keep it around, just make it the hardcore title again. Let's be real. Like it was much more entertaining. It was much, it, it, you know, there was much more to, to more, more places to go with it. Now it's just, you're really featuring at a time, like three wrestlers at a time. I, I remember back in the hardcore, title, that thing would change. That would change hands in so many different ways between five different wrestlers in one night. And now it's, it's just, it's just a played out stupid gimmick in my opinion. There was an epic WrestleMania match where they went from, like, what? They had, like, 20, 30 guys in the ring. They went to the back, and, yeah, it was changing hands every two seconds. And yeah. then I think, think uh, Crash Holly retained at the last second. or hard. One, oh, of yeah. the Hollies, one of the Hollies got at the last second. But, yeah, it, they tried to make it that, and it feels a little too net. Instead of – the great thing about that was they started with fights in the ring. They started with fights in the back. And then – you had them fighting at like the discovery zone play place, or you had them fighting. Yeah. Like, and then it, it was a gradual progression of that. Whereas they kind of just led with the gimmicks on this one. And now it really has nowhere to go. It's a great. Point. Yeah. And Dwayne, you took my point. I was like, I was going to bring up the 24 seven title, but yeah, like you said, it's just, it doesn't feel like the, are we allowed to say hardcore anymore? Or is that like WB term bye-bye, but it just, it's not the same. It, it just doesn't feel right. Um, another thing, a lot of people want this belt back. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't care if it comes back or not. I just, I hate the design, a lot of the designs of the new belts because the only reason why they're made is to sell more merchandise by the little, oh, yeah. items, which it irritates me for why they're doing it. You know, it. My, my, in my, my opinion too, is I think they should honestly, you know, just, just run this whole 24 seven thing till the end, get what you can out of it. And then you bring back Mick Foley, throw him in the middle of the ring and say, hey, we, I made a mistake. Have him drop that title in the middle of the ring, take a hammer, smash it down the middle, break it, put tape over it, right hardcore, there you go. Shock and awe. Like, I, like, I just, I don't know. I, I, again, I just, I, I miss that title in particular for a lot of the moments that Maniac brought up. I, I you know, I remember, I, I can't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, I, uh, I think Big Show might have had somebody at some point, maybe, maybe it was Big Show, had him pinned up against the wall, shoulders down, and got the one, two, three against a cement wall. There was one time there was a forklift involved. Like, it, it made for great TV, you know, again, and, and a way to, 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 uh, to, to show those new uh, younger faces, give them a title that, you know, gets them, gets them some TV time. And I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm, – I'm way over the 24-7 championship. Hey, I hear you on that. Uh, and speaking of new merch, I love my old U.S. title, but we are rolling Clash of Champions, Gold Rush Edition, Wrestling with Emotion here on Trainwreck Sports. We got a full house, so let's get down to the picks. So we'll start, very fittingly, 
with the U.S. championship. So I looked up these lines. I don't know if these are from Patty Power or whatnot, but my I actually wrote lines originally for the gambling odds, and they were pretty close to some of these. Some were a lot different. I'll go over that as we go. But one that is a lot different is they have Bobby Lashley, the champion for the U.S. championship, minus 950 versus Apollo Crews. So let's go around the horn. Ernie, Ryan, Dwayne, McAdoo. Who you got, Cruz, Lashley, and why? I got Lashley at nine. I mean, minus nine fifty. That's pretty much one of the locks of the night for me. The Hurt business has surprisingly been really, really good. Um, I've been a fan. I mean, MVP. Who would have thought in January twenty twenty that MVP would be like a legit, like interesting person in WWE in October twenty twenty or September twenty twenty, which is technically going to be it. But the Hurt business has been really, really good on both Raw Underground and Raw itself. I don't see Lashley not losing right now, even though Apollo Crews is a very worthy champion. Raw yeah. under, oh, sorry, real quick, just uh, the Hurt Business has like transcends the entire Raw brand. They're on Raw Underground. They're on. Uh, they're out there facing retribution. I mean, they're doing everything over there. On uh, it's best for business. And all of a sudden, Bobby Lashley's cutting promos. It's like, why'd you even have him with Lana in the first place? Talbots take over. Yeah, I think we both agree that this is Lashley all the way. Here's you know. I want the Chris. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Right. You're picking the wrong guy here. Uh, they're pushing the hurt business, you know, having them going against Retribution, having them on Underground, having them on Raw. Um, unfortunately for um, Apollo Crews, ricocheting, they're going to be put on the back burner here again pretty soon. I don't know how much TV time they'll get once this angle's over. Uh, but the Hurt Business definitely seems to be kind of in the forefront of that uh, Raw scene. So Apollo Crews. Okay, well. No. Okay, uh, OT <laughs> locked in. Locked in. <laughs> I uh I'm gonna I'm gonna just you know stay the same. I'm gonna say Bobby Lashley. It's pretty obvious where who they're who who they're pushing right now, um, especially now that you add added Cedric Alexander to that fold. Um, uh, you know, and this this kind of goes hand in hand where we talked about earlier. Adding more titles, put it put a title like like a like a, a different title, like a TV title on a guy like Apollo Cruz, where it would make sense, or a Ricochet. Um, but it, it's, it's tough to deny that the hurt business and you, and you know, and you want to know what the hurt business is, what's keeping this whole retribution thing relevant. They really are with how well they're doing. And you know, that, that, that's helping that whole gimmick a lot too. Um, so it's, it's hard, it's hard to, to not see Bobby Lashley taking home the U S title tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree. I have Bobby Lashley and. Honestly, I didn't. I never thought I'd become a Shelton Benjamin fan until the Hurt Business. <laughs> now, I'm all in on the Hurt Business now. With me too, with them all. So I, I got Bobby Lashley. Sorry, Apollo Cruz, but suck. It's a great uh, feeling when a faction wins you over. And obviously, and obviously, that whole thing doesn't even work without MVP. Him as a mouthpiece has been amazing. Like I like. I remember MVP back in the day, and he, you know, he was he was a solid in-ring performer. I never, I, I, I completely forgot how good MVP was on a microphone, and you know, he's really kept that. He's really, you know, he, he at the, at the, in the beginning he kept that whole gimmick alive, but he's been really driving it home with his in-ring promos and the stuff with Retribution. So without without MVP, that whole thing isn't staying afloat right now. True story. I think there's a rocket attached to the Hurt business right now. So I think Lashley retains, even if it's got to be some funny business against Apollo Crews. Rolling on, uh, we talked last show actually about these uh, two tag teams, Andrade and Angel Garza versus the Street Profits. Again, do they see potentially like 
you know, the New Day versus the Usos. Like, these are two tag teams we got to keep fighting against each other to kind of develop and build their brands. I'm not sure. It's one of the closer matchups. Street Profits at minus 140. Um, I'll lean uh, that they'll give it back the titles back to Andrade and, and uh, Garza. I think that they like these two teams dueling. And when you do that, you basically just make the way for mortals. It'll be stale for the raw tag team scene, unfortunately, but it'll be good for these two teams in the long run. Let's go reverse order. We'll start with McAdoo, go Dwayne, go Talbots, go Green. And uh, who you got in this raw tag team title match? This is tough for me because I want to say Street Profits, but I think that they want to go Garza and Andrade only because they want to prove that they can do it without Lana. That's my opinion. I... It's tough because I really want to say Street Profits here. Um, I, I you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna honestly, it wouldn't make sense separating Zelina Vega from Garza and Andrade if you don't have them take the titles here. Um, I, I, I wouldn't really understand. I mean, I get Zelina being, you know, a singles competitor now. I understand that. I got a guy. She does have some ability there, but I don't understand, like, you know separating her from them to drive home the point that they're better as a team without her. And then th that would only make sense for me, at least them winning the titles here. So I'm going to say uh, Garza and Andrade are going to, are going to win tomorrow night for sure. Again, maybe with some funny business, who knows, you know, they play the heel pretty well. So um, I could definitely see, you know, uh, you know, Andrade or Garza rolling somebody up with the tights or so something like that. Oh, and who do you have winning that street profits or Arizona? Andrade? He's playing a little WWE video game right now on, on a phone, so he's a little distracted. But uh, I, I'm going to go with Andrade and Garza. Um, I wasn't thrilled when they were the ones that won the match to take on the Street Profits. Like you said, it's already feeling a little bit stale. Um, but at this point, if you're having them fight again, you're going to eventually put the belts on them, give them the, the, the titles. So I'm assuming it happens. This is going to be one of the title changes that takes place. Uh, with, with those guys carrying and maybe when they do end up dropping them maybe that leads to those two breaking up and kind of going their own way too yeah ryan with one one thing i was going to talk about is how they've been they've always had tension on andrade and garza so this would be one way to further the storyline by having a having the tension further and also having the tag team title so that's kind of a gimmick you know tale as old as time in terms of professional wrestling i'm um, sorry i'm not supposed to say that when it comes to wwe my bad um sports entertainment um, whatever the way, I, I think um, Garza and Andrade are going to win the match tomorrow night. That's an interesting take. Definitely something has got to give with this storyline. It's hard to see the Street Profits just retaining without them breaking up or them winning. Definitely. And that's the good thing. I mean, recently there's been a lot of mobility in the storylines. I'll give them credit. I don't know whether things were on hold just because they didn't know what scheduling was going to be like, what superstars are going to be available. But the WWE seems to have put the pedal to the metal as we head to the end of 20. 20 here and speaking of uh end of times i don't think things are looking good for the riot or wait sorry not end of times i'm skipping all over we got these smackdown tag team titles on the line we got the team of experience i don't know even like does this team have a name cesaro and shinsuke nakamura minus 300 as the champions versus lucha house party i'm gonna kick it right back to eg let's go around the horn who do you have when these smackdown titles smackdown on fox goes up for grabs this Sunday at Clash of Champions. First off, I'm going to say that Cesaro and Nakamura should be fighting for the world title, not the tag team title. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. 
That's going to no. give me a rant, and I'm going to start using words, and there's kids here, and I don't want to start there. Anyhow, to oh. answer your question. Oh, I, earmuffs. Yeah, earmuffs. <laughs> I think that um, Nakamura's are, are going to win that. They're actually, they're actually for, I mean, they're as much as they're salvaging those two because they've ruined them. And, I, again, they're really doing a good job as a tag team because, again, they're awesome. They could make anything work. So, I don't think there's any chance they're going to lose tomorrow. Yeah, you, you need a bigger opponent for them to drop those belts. Um, it was kind of a surprise when they ended up winning the belts when they when they did. But now that they've had them, they're, they're good with those titles. Lucha Harvest Party is not the team that's going to take the belts off of them. It's, it's just not meant to be for that crew. Uh, so, give me Cesaro. Give me Nakamura. I'm going for Lucha House Party. Ugh. See, he wasn't playing a game, Ryan. He was doing research. Lucha, He's just picking all the good guys. Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. I will say, Lucha, like when my roommate, Lucha, when my roommate went to a, a WWE Raw with me, and he's not a traditional wrestling fan. Like they got like one of the biggest pops because they had the easiest thing to do. Lucha, Lucha. Like, and it just it was amazing to see his reactions. Like I never even heard of these guys, and there's arena full of people going nuts. So. Just shows the oh. power of pro wrestling. If you're thinking about maybe tuning in an event, check out Clash of Champions this Sunday. Maniac, if I ever go to a show in Phoenix, they're the most over. Go ahead, Dwayne. Sorry. It's oh, no, no. It's fine. He's like, you, honestly, Ern, uh, you know, you, guy, you, you couldn't hit the nail on that. Talk about a match where you have some of the most unutilized, underutilized, misused athletes on your entire roster. The athleticism in these guys are surreal. Cesaro and Shinsuke, you're not kidding. The fact that these guys haven't had a world title push yet. I mean, I mean, Shinsuke, you know, is a flash in the pan there with AJ for a little bit, but it is absolutely criminal. Like, how do you build up a guy like Shinsuke Nakumara for as long as you did at NXT and then just literally do nothing with him? You've done nothing with him. Like, yeah, they're gonna win the tag the, the tag team titles because if you don't, you're just gonna you're just gonna tick them off even more with how 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 much you fail both of those guys and just their in ring ability and and not not to mention. Just everything else you can – okay, maybe they're not the best on a microphone, but, like, I mean, there are things you can do with them. And, like, that match that uh, Shinsuke had with AJ, that was one of the top ten for me in the last decade, just how how good of a match that was. And then you got Lucha House Party where, like, the, the stuff they do, especially in gimmick matches, really just blows you away. And just the fact that these guys, like, you know, these guys have had to fight for everything they've gotten up until this point and still haven't gotten any type of push is criminal to me. So, yeah, I'm absolutely going to say Shinsuke and Cesaro. I mean, it, it, it would be absolutely criminal if you don't put the belts on them. It's still criminal to this day that you haven't e really given either of them a singles title run at all. I mean, I always thought that's what you have the U.S. title, that's what you have the Intercontinental title for. I mean, I know Shinsuke had it, you know, for a cup of coffee, the, 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 the Intercontinental title, but just the fact that these guys haven't had any type of world title pushes is absolutely criminal. Criminal. Completely agree. I mean, we, we've talked here that immediately before they won, we were like, yeah, these guys should not be in this, uh, not be in this match. They should be in the world title push, especially I'm going to go Cesaro more than Nakamura. How do you not push this guy be, from what he's done? He's been here for what, eight years now, nine years. And he has not been e I don't remember him being in a world title match. Granted, he probably is because my memory is bad. But, I mean, I I really don't understand how he's not being pushed better. I'm going Nakamura and Cesaro. I almost messed up again. Yeah, I don't know. 
Not going to waste any time. Oh, sorry. Nakamura and Cesaro to retain. I think Lucha House Party. I can't believe Nakamura and Cesaro are only minus 300 here. I think I would be laying, you know, a house payment on that. Especially after what happened last night. Do you guys remember Shinsuke's uh, WrestleMania entrance with Nita Strauss? Oh. Oh, my God. That might have been that might have been the highlight of that whole WrestleMania, man. Like that, and then right after that, that's when Shinsuke turns heel. Like, which was a great, which was a great idea. But then to, they did nothing with it. They did nothing with it. They literally it traded been, low blows for three straight pay per views. So I, yeah. I that's, which is basically the equivalent of Vince McMahon not knowing what to do. It's funny though. You're you're right. L- l- just to touch on Nakamura here for 20 seconds before we move on. I mean, the guy came over, he had insta, you know, just magic in the ring. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe in NXT, great matches, great performer, electric, you know, energy. Came to SmackDown, he was still heralded as that. Had kind of a slow push, won the Royal Rumble. It's almost like after winning the Royal Rumble, he kind of got on Vince McMahon's radar about his ability to cut a promo and do traditional things. And let's face it. His whole shtick is the king of strong style. He wrestles in there like a maniac. And sometimes, you know, when you're Vince McMahon, you're trying to, you know, look out for the performers in, in a way I guess he would. Or maybe you don't want that. So, I don't know. But it does seem like after that WrestleMania push, he's just been dropped off a ledge. I would love to see a Cesaro-Nakamura World Championship match. Yeah, really, 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 never- really, really, I'll take 10 seconds here. I get you want people to know how to talk, but – Every single time Nakamura came out, no matter what city he was in, the whole crowd was singing his song. You you, you need yep. your voice to get over, or you can just be Nakamura and be completely over, because fans were, che- were singing his song. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like one, 10 more seconds, too. I apologize. But, like, you have plenty of wrestlers in the past that show you you don't need mic skills to get over. I mean, was Andre the Giant, like, the greatest on a microphone? No, but he was enormous, and they went with that shtick. You know, he's you know he's larger than life. Like you said, he's the king of strong style. Like, just let him go with that. Let him do that. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, me no speak English. That that that's funny. That's cool. That's a good shtick to go with. But you don't need to be you know great on a microphone to get over with fans. You just have to be good in the ring. You know, he could do his come on thing in the corner. That gets over with people. I just, I just don't get it, man. I don't get how you could just have so much steam with one guy coming out of NXT and then with that heel turn and just do nothing with it. Ernie, that's a great point with his original song, too. You look at a brand like AEW, all the fans sing Chris Jericho's song. So even when he comes out to cut a promo on stage, which only requires like the first quarter or half of a, of a intro music, they still play the whole song. You got to take what works in the wrestling business. Sometimes WWE doesn't do that enough. Uh, you got Nia Jax and Baszler here, Baszler here as the champions versus the Riot Squad. Baszler and Nia Jax are minus 250. Those odds seem a little crazy to me, to be honest, because Baszler and Nia Jax, I mean, physically, they should dominate the Riot Squad. The Riot Squad should bring Riot shields because they're basically going to get crushed. Um, with that said, I am going to play the sharp option. I am going to predict the Riot Squad to win because the line just makes no sense to me over Baszler and Jax. Uh, let's start with McAdoo and go uh, reverse around the horn here. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know because I don't want Baszler and the Jax to retain. I don't – I hate the fact that they put them together. It made no sense when they did it. I'm – I have to – I want I, – actually, forget it. I'm going to go Riot Squad only for the fact I want them to win. There you go. 
Dwayne. Yeah, I, I, uh, this, this whole, this whole matchup really does confuse me. Just not just at the, at the fact that like, you know, the Naya and Baszler are together, you know, it's like the odd couple. I don't understand it very much. Um, you know, so I don't see it lasting very long. Um, I would say, I, I mean, it's just tough. I, I, I want to say Riot Squad because it seems like they're getting a push. But I think this is where not. I, I think this is where Naya and Baszler they might take it one more time. They they might win this match and then it might lead to. Because I, I I think putting the the belt on the Riot Squad this early, you know, right after getting back together. I don't want to say it's a mistake, but it's kind of early. Let them build it up a little bit more and then and then put the belts on them. So I could I could definitely see you know judge judging from the way WWE likes to do things. I could see Baszler and Nia Jax winning in a controversial manner here. And then, you know, putting the belts on the Riot Squad in the next pay-per-view. Who do you have in this match? Um, um, the Riot Squad. What? Okay. I'm going to say a DQ finish. Some kind of unclean finish where yeah. uh, Jax and Baszler get DQ'd or something like that. Further the tension between them where they can kind of get into it after the match. Uh, it helps preserve the Riot Squad in terms of a threat for the titles. And then you can kind of move on to the next card there. I see the Riot Squad because I don't see a lot of major titles changing hands, but I do see them wanting to have some titles change hands tomorrow night. So, and also, you know, Baszler and Nia are going to break up at some point. Um, it's, it's, you know, Stevie Wonder could see that coming. So, I think tomorrow night's I think tomorrow night's the night where it's going to happen. I'm I don't sure if I agree whether it's probably too soon, but I just think it's going to happen tomorrow night where again some sort of chicanery happens. The Riot Squad wins and. Baszler and I either break up tomorrow or break up relatively soon. And folks, if you're trying to make tonight the night to make it happen for commercial or residential electrical work, call our friends at Posi Electric, 716-698-2711. So we have one a more lopsided matchup up ahead. We have Zelina Vega, who is an awesome performer in NXT. Uh, she actually had a couple spots in uh, the NXT championship matches when Andrade uh, got his title. He had some big spots there. Uh, but she will be challenging the empress of today. I think you can call her now that she has a title, Asuka. Asuka's minus 1250. Um, I'll just go quick. Asuka's going to win. Uh, it's all about what's next for Asuka, and that'll probably be uh, the promo that she cuts Monday night. Uh, let's go Ernie and then around the horn. Yeah, I love – I absolutely love Zelina Vega. I think she could be a future champion. Not tomorrow, Asuka. Yeah, we're not going to waste much time here. Asuka's going to take that match. There's no doubt about it. Oscar. Yeah, it's way too early for Zelina Vega to get a title push. You know, she's been a singles competitor for like two weeks. So, yeah, I'm going to say Asuka too. Um, they're obviously pushing her pretty hard right now. Um, you know, I, I find it very hard to believe that Zelina wins the title tomorrow night. Asuka, let's move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this will be a little bit more time, but there's, there's a little detail. Bailey only minus 600 versus Nikki Cross. So, this tells me that Lions makers, I don't think Bailey loses straight up to Nikki Cross. So I think the only way is if a certain uh, boss makes an appearance uh, at this event but, or some kind of Titan Tron appearance, gimmicky finish. But with that said, I think ultimately Bailey retains. They want to keep a title on her for a much obvious, bigger picture along the way. Uh, McAdoo, let's start off, go around the horn. Who you got? Bailey, Nikki Cross. I. I have Bailey, but we're gonna see Sasha Banks interfere and dis disqualify um, Nikki Cross tomorrow. 
I, I don't see how Nikki takes the belt tomorrow. I uh, I could see I can see two different interjections here. Obviously, they've been pushing the Alexa Bliss, you know, since her encounter with the Fiend. Every time you say the Fiend, she goes into some type of trance. She's obviously probably going to be ringside at some point with uh, with Nikki Cross. So I could see this going two different ways. I, I think it'll end up being a DQ finish. I could totally, totally see, you know, Alexa Bliss going into her little trance and, you know, you know, hitting, you know, uh, you know disqualifying uh, Nikki Cross, you know, and having Bailey retain. Or, uh, you know, you could definitely see Sasha Banks getting involved at some point here too. So I think I can go one of either two ways, but I think the way, the way both ways ends is Bailey retaining, again, because it's what's best for business right now. This is one of those matches that I've actually gone back and forth on a little bit. I, yeah. I think it'll end up being Bailey. I know he's going to pick Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross. If you do go Nikki Cross, at least then you can delay a title match between Bailey and Sasha to the Rumble. Or, you know, I think realistically, I'd love to see it take place at WrestleMania, but that's so far down the road. I don't know how you save it for that long. Um, but if you can get the belt off of Bailey short term, and again, I don't think that Nikki would be the answer even for this uh, a short title reign here. Uh, with everything going on with Alexa and the angle there. But I'm just not sure how you're going to get to this match with Bailey and Sasha before one of those two big shows. I, I, maybe there'll be that, the four-on-four tag match at, at Survivor Series. Uh, but you, you have to really drag this out if you want to put it on one of those two big shows coming up. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with Bailey. I'm going to go with Nikki. I just don't. I can't. Go ahead. You go, go ahead, bud. You go. Go ahead. My bad. Talk to us. Um, Nikki Cross is going to win because – Sasha Banks is going to interfere because she's going to interfere. Like, she's going to pull Bailey when she's going to, like, do the when she's gonna cover. Pull the mm. And then she's going to end up helping her win. Okay. All right. Very, very, very. Wow. That's a big take right there. Owen locking in Nikki Cross is a plus 375 favorite. Let's go. Ernie, what do you got? Very astute. He's going to win himself some wrestling figures with that one. Um, <laughs> so... I don't see a scenario where Bailey does not walk out with the belt. She might lose by disqualification. I just don't see her. I just don't see her losing the belt at this point. I think they want. It might not be a bad idea. Don't get me wrong, but I think they want Sasha and Bailey to be for the title. And I think Bailey will hold the belt until that match happens. In my opinion. All right. Hey. So we got both. Absolutely. We basically won't be a clean finish. There. There's going to be something going on in that Bailey Nikki Cross match. I think that's why the odds are the way they are. No doubt about it. But speaking of odds, I was talking about betting, you know, the house on uh, some of the plays earlier. If there was a casino that would take a life bet, I would bet my life on Roman Reigns minus 3,000 this weekend. I respect the hell out of Jey Uso. When you look at the workers, they're probably going to enter the WWE Hall of Fame, not just because of the of the name and who they're uh, obviously related to, but just because of the work they've put in over the tag team division over the last five to eight years. Their duels with the New Day made the New Day what they were. Jey Uso has done some of his best promo work the last couple of weeks. Last night was incredible. Uh, for anyone who caught it, you know, asking which one are you. Um, it was just all the true stuff that they are saying. I could see them. So really the question becomes, how is this going to go down? Because it's not a triple threat. Reigns can't come out at the last second or anything. I think he comes out and just destroys Jey Uso. I think it's probably four minutes um, squash, but it's – basically dominance the whole time they've gone been going back and forth who's the head of the table in the Samoan family now it's a good angle to work but yeah four minutes 
and then maybe some kind of fiend uh, fiend logs into the uh, chat at the end of the pay-per-view or something like that to uh, get that going. Because obviously, you saw the look Alexa was given uh, Roman Reigns in the title on uh, Friday Night SmackDown, and I don't think she wants it for herself. So I will pick Roman Reigns in three and a half minutes, but he probably spears Jay twice. Uh, Superman punches him once. Maybe Jay gets like, one of those sucker punches in, you know, that just gets that, and then it kind of angers him, but gets it done. Three and a half minutes. Let's go Ernie and then around the horn. Uh, Reigns and how quickly, I guess, is the question. This is going to be a really good platform for Reigns to further establish his scumbag heel character because, again, I think about five minutes he's going to destroy his uh, cousin Uso, and it's going to be really, really good for his character. He's going to just beat the heck out of him with no regard for his, the fact that they're related or anything like that. And yeah, Reigns wins about five minutes, I'd say. Yeah, we have Reigns here. Uh, and hey, stop. You told me Reigns before the show. He's not. <laughs> he's just doing anger me now. He learned he, about like, before, before he learned the about show. Upsets. He told me he was picking like he's like, yeah, Reigns is gonna win, and he was going through these the bad guys. But now that we're on the show, he's picking all the good guys. It's driving me crazy. The best uh, picks are spite picks, Owen. Yeah, good job. I, then that's what they are. You know, if anything, let Uso do the top rope dive as Reigns comes out. Reigns can maybe stall a little bit. So he's already in the ring. He comes out and does that. It's a little bit of offense in, but then Reigns turns it around on the outside, goes in, hits a few spears, puts him away pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I think you're going to get something. It's just the way they've been building, especially uh, on, on that last, you know, when, when Uso was, you know, dancing on his way up to the ramp and you just see it kind of seen the way Roman was looking at him like you, you celebrate with him but he's just like dude you're about to get the hell beat out of you like I think that's what you're again I think the match is going to start off with Jay trying to you know play a little dirty get on him real quick you know when he's not expecting it you'll get maybe like 45 seconds to a minute of that and then you're just going to get a pure like beat down Goldberg style match where Goldberg used to win in like two minutes 45 seconds you know something like that to be real quick and he's going to make real, like, real, you know, finish him real fast. And he, like you said, he's going to take his spot ahead of the Samoan, uh, the Samoan table. Um, I think you're going to get something along the lines of, obviously, it's going to be short. But when I, when I think of, like, a beat down, like, a, like an absolute beat down, I like to think of, you know, the old school, that one Stone Cold match, uh, when he, his first match back after getting hit by Rikishi. And he came back, I forget what pay-per-view it was, but absolutely beat the hell out of Rikishi. And it, it wasn't a wrestling match. You know, it was just a beatdown. I think that's kind of what you're going to get here with, uh, with Roman Reigns, like you said, Ryan, like you said, Ernie. It's, 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 it's going to maybe, maybe be five minutes. I mean, do you even have to ask me who I'm going, going with here? I mean, it's, it, it was going to be obvious even if I didn't say that, but when the, this match was announced, it's like, why is it Uso getting this, not Sheamus or any of the other ones that were in that match? But then – I can't realize because of the family thing, they're going to make him look tough against his own family, see how bad he's going to be. And I honestly, we, I, I don't know if I said this to Maniac before, before now, but I, I, see, I can see Reigns being the next Lesnar per se because he's with Heyman. He's going to have these short matches that are going to make him look big, bad, and going to want to make us hate him. So Reigns under – I'll go under four. Okay. I like to hear it. We are rolling along here, and we have probably the most intriguing – oh, by the way, no odds on Rikishi interfering, but if he did interfere and then they, and then they all did the too cool dance in the ring.
seems weird he's gonna go to the do Impact Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Impact Hall of Fame. All right, folks. And again, we have one of the more intriguing matchups of the night, in my opinion. So we have AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, Owens t-shirt. We have Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn going head to head to head, triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. So right away, it's Chekhov's Inter Intercontinental Championship because they could easily just put one belt above the ring, but instead they choose to do two, and that just leaves the door open for a gimmicky finish. So a lot to analyze in this one. With that said, I think they let Sami Zayn ride the momentum uh, of the win on Friday. He never lost the title. He's kind of always had momentum. He's an amazing superstar. He's an enigma. He's kind of developed into a conspiracy theorist. I like how he's, like, dressed like he's a – uh, Fidel Castro, I guess, is the only word for his outfit. But uh, Fidel Castro, Sami Zayn, I got taking the title. No no gimmicky finishes. He's holding both at the end of the match. Uh, let's go Ernie first and, and around the horn. Who do you got in this triple threat intercontinental match? I, I, I am speaking of this more of my heart than my head, but I agree with you, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn should win this match. Sami Zayn's phenomenal. Um, having – Having other people chase Sami Zayn is better than having, you know, AJ Styles doesn't need the title. Um, neither does Hardy at this point. You Styles know? can lose this match and then win a number one contenders match tomorrow. There's no problem. Like, there's no it, question. It, it, and and all, Jeff Hardy could also. Jeff Hardy's also a former world champion. So, I think, you know, what? who's the best person to hold the Intercontinental Championship moving forward? In my opinion, Sami Zayn. So, I predict Sami Zayn. Yeah, I have either Zane or Styles. I'll go with Zane though. Uh, you need to have one of the bad guys have it, so you can have the good guys chasing them for the belt. Zane just kind of plays that weasel role really well. I, I like him in that role. Uh, and, and like you guys said about Jeff Hardy, he might be a really good um, Roman Reigns matchup when you're trying to maybe stall some other big match like the Fiend. For if you want to save the Fiend match for a bigger card, you can throw in some more of these smaller matches. A Jeff Hardy, you can build up to being some kind of threat for the the title there. Um, so just something to keep in mind with that. So I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. Who do you have in that match, Owen? AJ Styles. AJ finally, finally pick someone that's not the good guy. All right, I'll Jeff take Hardy. it. Mm. Hey, I uh, for sure for me, um, I think the obvious pick there is Sami. It's probably going to be some some funny goofy finish. Um, but going, you know. I mean, again, AJ Styles really has nothing to prove. It's not like you're trying to push him to be some premier, prestigious uh, intercontinental champion. He doesn't need that. He doesn't, I mean, it's a great, I mean, it's one of the more premier belts in WWE, but, you know, he doesn't need that belt. Again, he can be a number one contender for the world title, you know, next week. Uh, Jeff Hardy, I have trouble seeing him being a guy that you could interject into a world title conversation only because of his health. Um, he tends to get injured quite often. So I, I can't see them pushing him any type of long promo where, you know, you'd have to rely on him staying healthy. Um, even though I love, but I, how pumped are you guys to see Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles in a match like this, a ladder match, because I am stoked. Like I miss those days, the TLC days with edge Christian, the Hardy boys, um, you know, uh, why can't I think of the, the third, the third, the Dudley boys. Dudley, yeah. boys, Dudley boys, Dudley boys. Yes. Uh, oh, you know, man. Uh, Dwayne, you are officially banned from Dudleyville. Yeah, no, get out of here. Brother Justify. Devon. Justify. Uh, listen, guys, you know, I'm so pumped. This is probably the match I'm most looking forward to just because of the gimmick with the ladder. Uh, I miss those days of the TLC, you know, seeing guys, you know, stack ladders on top of each other and go through tables, really put their bodies on the line. 
I know Jeff Hardy's health is re- he's probably lost a lot of years on his life because of matches like those. But uh, I, I I am so pumped for this match. But I see I definitely see Zami Zane Zami Zane Sami Zayn winning in some weird goofy finish for sure. Yeah, my heart my heart says Hardy's. My head says Zayn. I have to say Zayn here, and I hate the fact I have to say that, but. Like Dwayne said, I, I, this is going to be a great match for all three of these guys. I think, I think Hardy, Hardy pretty much owns a ladder match. Styles can do it too, and I think Zayn, Zayn, this is probably his best. Charter territory. Ever. Yeah, I was about to say special, one of his specialty matches. But Maniac, get the tables for Dwayne. He, he obviously needs it after freaking the Dudleys. No doubt. Over under three and a half mentions of later ladder match expertise by Michael Cole tomorrow when it comes to Jeff Hardy. Over. I think that's a pretty safe over. And we are over the hump. We are going down the road to our main. Well, it it might be the main event. It might not be. We'll have to see how the card breaks down. But it is for the WWE Championship. It's also odds wise the closest match of the night. Originally, when I did my odds, I had I had McIntyre at minus two ten. But the odd site has him at basically a pick of minus 120. It's Drew McIntyre, who's enjoyed a great run as a champion post-WrestleMania, matching up again against RKO, Randy Orton. Little fact, this is Randy Orton's second consecutive Clash of Champions where he'll be challenging for the WWE title as the challenger. Last year, he couldn't defeat Kofi Kingston. But this year, will he defeat Drew McIntyre? I'm saying ultimately... Uh, actually, you know, let's go McAdoo, and then I'll, it'll come around to me. Let's go McAdoo first. What do you got happen when it goes McIntyre, Orton? I don't see Mac. I don't see Orton winning this match. I have McIntyre for the fact that Edge is going to come back at some point, and or is going to they're going to pick up where they left off. Granted, it might be down the further down the road than I, I expect, but. Is that me? Wait, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were frozen. I thought the anonymous general manager <laughs> hit your connection. No, no, no. Um, yeah, they, they cut off my mic, uh, CM Punk style. Oh, um, no. Oh, no. No, um, this one's a tough one for me because you have the gimmick, not gimmick, but, you know, I know Cena and Flair are tied for that world title, you know, most world titles. Um, but Orton's not that far behind. Um so I could see Orton winning this match just strictly because of that. And maybe McIntyre, a few pay-per-views coming back down the line, retaining again. But uh, it's hard for me to see how they've been pushing McIntyre uh, for him to knock. I- I'm going to say McIntyre, but it- it- it's extremely a lot closer than I would like it to be. I, I-, I think I could definitely see also Orton winning this uh, strictly just because of how many world title reigns he does have right now. And he, he's always in the conversation. He's always in the conversation. Essentially, you know, he's he's been in the in the world title conversation for a while. So it's just like, why do you keep him there if you're not going to eventually put the belt back on him? I think Randy Orton's going to win. Ooh, oh, guns me. RK by RKO. Yeah. Uh, I just think this is kind of that main event or that match where you can have that fluky finish to get the belt off of McIntyre and still have him look strong. Uh, so, you know, Orton does something sleazy to win the title. McIntyre still looks strong, can retain it a little bit later. Uh, I, I just feel like Orton has lost some of that luster that he had over the last few months where he, they were really building him up. He was taking everyone out. 
they were building up strong, and then he has the you know the the finish in the last match where they where he lost to McIntyre. It wasn't a great finish to it. It wasn't a decisive finish, but I, I think you need to get, kind of give this to him, and eventually Edge can cost him the belt here down the road. Oh, you know what's coming. Go ahead, Dwayne. Go go ahead, bud. No, I no, I mean I already I already said McIntyre, but I think Ryan might have just lifted, uh, shifted my prediction. I'm actually going to change to Orton. I'm going I'm to change it to Orton now that I'm thinking about it. It just – it makes too much sense with the push that they've been giving him lately, especially dating back with Edge, uh, the amount of TV time he's gotten. And I'm just thinking of Randy Orton with the title around his shoulder. It just looks right. So, I'm going to actually change my prediction to Orton. There you go. My prediction is kind of a hybrid of Dwayne and Ryan. I feel like Orton's going to win tomorrow um, while making Drew still look strong, some sort of shady finish. And then Drew wins it back thanks to Edge interfering in the match. So I think that will further both storylines around. You know, it'll be really good to see Drew chase the belt again. Randy's a scumbag. Edge comes back. It's win, win, win. And wasn't that your prediction going into payback, Ernie, that, that McIntyre was going to retain a payback and it was leading to an eventual Orton rematch with Edge interference to do some flip-flop in there as well? Didn't you predict that last show? Correct, yeah. So that was SummerSlam, yes. Okay, all right. Just Zach, can get, if I interject real quick? Get him. I think Keith Lee interferes tomorrow and costs Orton. I forgot about Keith Lee it, when I was talking. I don't know how. Keith Lee, because didn't Orton just cost uh, Lee his opportunity at this match, perhaps? True. So. We are, and while we're basking in Owen's glory, I will pick RKO. I'll, I'll pick Randy Orton. I think McIntyre has had a legit run post-WrestleMania. If anyone ever doubted that he could be a champion that could carry a company, he's been a champion that could carry a company, arguably during some of its toughest times right now. So hopefully we're trending back towards live fans. But real quick before we go, this has been the Clash of Champions Gold Rush episode of Wrestling with Emotion. Before we sign up, let's go around Ernie's, Ernie first, McAdoo last. What's your favorite current storyline in WWE right now? My favorite current storyline in WWE, probably the build up of Roman Reigns, because they're gonna build, they're gonna build him up, build him up, build him up, and just to see who's the person he's gonna have to lose eventually. It's gonna be huge, just to see who is the guy who's gonna take him down. That's my, that's probably my favorite storyline right now. The whole Roman Reigns saga. Yeah, Reigns Heyman for me. Uh, I am interested to see where they're going with this Alexa Bliss thing. Obviously, aligning her with the Fiend, but where what the payoff is. Oh, and you have a favorite storyline right now. Okay, Alexa Bliss and the Fiend. I'm going to go with, uh, obviously, the Roman Reigns thing is the top of the list, but just to switch things up here, only because I, I that's what I do. I, I like what is going on right now with Aleister Black and Kevin Owens because you have two unreal in-ring guys there who are unbelievable in the ring. You have a mouth like with Kevin Owens, and I'm a big fan of Aleister Black too. Um, I like I like the heel turn they gave him. Uh, you know, coming out in the sharp suits and just, you know, just, you know, being a scumbag pretty much. Um, I'm interested to see what happens there for sure. Um, then again, there's a lot of other side storylines, again, like the Alexa Bliss and The Fiend. I think you, it, you, you could put easy money on The Fiend showing up tomorrow night at Clash of Champions. It only makes sense. He's, he's great for ratings. He's great for TV. Um, I, uh, but, you know, w without w with going against whatever else is saying, because I think the obvious is the Heyman Roman Reigns uh, collaboration, you know, um, and how you can. And there's so many different ways you can go with that. Um, I think I think 
my my sec my second favorite storyline is uh, K- KO and Alistair Black. If not for Monday, I would not be saying this, but now I'm interested to see where this ends up with Rollins and Mysterio. I mean, this is this has been great to get Dominic in the ring first off, and then now you have Rollins trying to actually tearing apart the Mysterio family because of Ray. I mean, what, I'm interested to see where that leads. Some amazing character work being done by Rollins, Reigns, Orton, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, my storyline that I have all eyes on, who is this blonde in the vignettes coming to SmackDown? Because that is going to be a huge impact with whatever debut that is. Folks, you want a spoiler? We know who it is. Uh, don't say Charlie. we're having fun here, McAdoo. I like the untouchable promos, but it's great work. I can't wait to see how the Miz lawsuit goes. I'm looking forward to that. But it's all about getting excited, and that's what it's about. Wrestling with emotion. A huge shout-out, huge thank you to my co-host, McAdoo, the usuals, Ryan and Owen Talbot, and our first-time guests, Ernie Green and Dwayne. I think uh, many more on the horizon, gentlemen. Well, I'm I'm here for you anytime, brother. This was a lot of fun. You want to have them push their socials? Of course. Uh, Yeah. Tell them uh, where they can find you, people. You can find me at Dwayne S39, D-U-A-N-E-S 39. And uh, my other handle at two goalies, one Mike, at the number two goalies, number one Mike. Uh, and all, pretty much all forms of social media. You can find me at a real Ernie Green. I'm not sure who fake Ernie Green is, but I'll figure that out someday. Oh, and we will get Mrs. Lawyers on them right away. Huge shout out to our sponsor, Posit Electric. We are hoping for an electric show tomorrow. But we will be back next pay-per-view to break it down because it's not wrestling with, you know, your brother. It's not wrestling with a decision. It's wrestling with emotion. And it's then, now, forever.